All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Chopping It Up with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. Today is Saturday, May 13th. Yes, we have the very rare weekend edition. Yesterday was my birthday, so if you don't mind telling your friends about hide your kids, hide your wives. It's been a rough week, a weird week. Had a work rotation. As most of you guys know, I work 11-hour days, and it rotates every month, so got the short end of the stick on this month, but it's all good. Sometimes that happens. Lots to get to today. Taylor Swift fans are out of their goddamn mind. Bob Huggins said some wild, wild and still has his job for now. What's next for the Golden State Warriors? Austin Reeves is about to get taken. So much more NBA playoffs. I got so much to get to today. Hopefully this won't be like a two-hour episode. I usually try to keep these about, you know, 25, 40 minutes tops. But sometimes we go over. Anyway, make sure you support my, my dude Dolo J. The Kicking It Dolo podcast on YouTube. You can also find him on Spotify. As well as my dude Matt Zabrowski of the Clearly Unclear podcast as well. Where to start? Where to start? I mean, we could start with NBA playoffs because those are a big deal. And that, that has been bananas so far. But I think what I want to do is start with, all right, so I understand that memorabilia is something, especially in the world of sports, is something that most of us like to acquire. I've got some really cool stuff. As a Bills fan, I have my autographed Jim Kelly helmet. Uh, I have an autographed Jim Kelly jersey. I also like weird things that were, from what I can only imagine, were mistakes. But maybe they were done on purpose. I went down this weird rabbit hole, God, I want to say about four or five years ago, of just Bills memorabilia. And I found a Buffalo Bills Stanley Cup Champions banner. And I snatched that up so quick. That was the best $14.99 I've ever spent. Thank you, China. But I do, I understand the need to some. It's not a need for me anymore. It kind of used to be when I was younger, but I'm, I'm 39 now. So the need for me to go out and be so boisterous about like, look how much my fanhood is. Look at how the stock of my, my fanhood is this high. It just doesn't hit me that way anymore. But every once in a while, you come around these stories and you just think, what the f*** are, what's, what's wrong with people, right? There is somebody on the internet who is trying to sell their contact lenses from the Taylor Swift tour for $10,000. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this. This, what's wild, okay. One, I talked about this earlier with memorabilia. How are you going to be able to authenticize, whatever, make sure it's authentic for one? How are you going to do that? This sounds absurd. Which one sounds more absurd to you? The fact that I'm trying to find out how somebody can authenticate, there's the word I was looking for, authenticate their contact lenses, or the fact that someone's trying to sell them for $10,000 because they went to a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, I'll let you be the judge of it. I'm just saying, if there's somebody out there trying to do it, look, I'm, I'm all behind the hustle. Go ahead and do you. Find a way to do it. <laughs> Whether they can prove it or not, there's some idiot 
that's going to do this. And if you don't think that that's possible, Drake sold a lint roller for, what was it, 10 grand, 50 grand, something wild like that. And there are girls on OnlyFans who sell their farts and make six figures. So if you don't think that there's some Taylor Swift simp out there who's willing to pay $10,000 for contacts that got to see her in person, you also are out of your mind. It's going to happen. Look, I don't know who, what, when, where, or how, or why, to be completely honest. But at this stage of her, the height, it's such a, I've never been obsessed with people like celebrities. Like it's just not, it's not for me. There's so many folks out there who are just drawn to entertainers or athletes. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be movie stars. They pick one person and they go, I need to know every single thing about you. When you wake up, you'll know I'm thinking about you. And it's some of the creepiest out there, man. Seriously, Swifties, or as I like to call them, Swiffers, you guys need to shake that thing off a long time ago. I personally don't get it. You can like her music. That's fine. Like, I'm not here to judge on the music, but the people who are just obsessed with celebrities, dog, y'all better figure out your life. Yes, I'm petty when I'm right. Damn right I'm going to be petty when I'm right. Now, this hasn't happened yet, but all the writing's on the wall. Jalen Brown does not seem happy with the Boston Celtics, or just being in Boston. I shouldn't put it on the organization necessarily, it sounds like it's more of a him and the city problem because there's a there's an issue that starts with the letter R. And he's like, yeah, I'm really good at playing basketball. I don't need to hoop here. And he doesn't. Like, he's right. He can find a gig anywhere. Now, People, well, he's up for a max contract. I don't think he necessarily cares about that. He doesn't seem to me. It's really hard to tell because we don't know these guys individually. We always pretend like we do, but we don't know a thing about these people. But a few weeks ago, had an episode, and I told y'all, when he said, I can hoop anywhere, if the Celtics want me, then that's cool. If they don't want me, that's fine as well. You never hear anybody who's up for a max deal say that kind of stuff. So when I heard him say that, I'm like, oh, okay. This dude's completely comfortable playing ball where he's at. But if he can be in a better environment, especially if they get clipped by the Sixers tonight, yeah, homeboy's out. And the only reason why I said this is because we also don't see players usually go at fans. And this is why I'm, like, I'm intertwining it between my take a couple weeks ago and what happened very recently is he called Celtics fans out. He said, you guys have been okay at best at home. Now, most fans are going to be saying, you can't talk to us that way. We're the ones who pay your salary. Well, yeah, the gate's good and all, but it's the TV revenue that makes like everything kind of all the cogs go in that wheel of the machine. Fans, of course, are going to be pissed off and say, well, well, well I'm, I'm spending my hard-earned money. Okay, well, then go be a Suns fan because Matt Ishbia is claiming that he's taking all the rights back and he's going to offer free television and free sports for the Suns to all their fans, which is also a lie. But that's a topic for another day. But if you couple the fact that 
he's told he told specifically flatly he's been public on both accounts on these which is what makes it more it's one thing if you see an anonymous tip an anonymous source a gm a coach who doesn't want to put their name on it if you want to be skeptical about that and i am skeptical about everything because i do not trust anything that comes out of anybody's mouth in a place of power which the players do have but the thing that puts a little bit more of the the definition in this, if you will, is he did it twice publicly. If the Celtics don't want me, the Celtics don't want me. That's cool. I'm just here to hoop. Yeah, you know what? The fans, they've been kind of they've been kind of iffy, kind of 50-50 in this series. So I'm not calling him, I'm not calling him done done quite yet. He's like, he's like the DU, but he's not quite DUN yet. But if they get bounced by Philly, they're going to be looking for another pot of gold in Beantown. All right, before we move on to the next subject, I do have to correct myself. The Sixers and Celtics play tomorrow. I'm going to do it now because I know how the internet works and they'll be all up in my Tell me I was wrong. Don't worry. I got you. I fixed it now. Before we move on to other, 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 other things... I'm going to stick here real quick with uh, Big Country Austin Reeves. Y'all remember Bryant Reeves? Big Country? Used to play for the Vancouver Grizzlies. Austin Reeves is Big Country. But, like, not anywhere close to the country, though. Austin Reeves right now has probably the best gig in sports. Because he looks like me 20 years ago. And he can just walk down the street. And I don't think that anybody in L.A. really, really knows who he is. Like they're, like the diehard Lakers fans, yeah, of course. But I would imagine that he can just walk out, dress how he wants to, go have dinner and go home and not be bothered whatsoever. But there's a chance that that could all change. Because obviously, uh, ESPN, everybody else, like, oh, he's going to get $30 million a year. Look, he might. In today's market with salary caps going up, he might. But I mean, y'all want to wait a minute before just throwing that kind of cash at somebody? Because I don't know, there was this dude called Jordan Poole who was good for a year. And I told you guys, I have the receipts. You can go back. I told you to pump the brakes. Nah, he's mini Steph. Yeah, he's mini Steph. He's, He's not Steph. He can do Steph-like things. So can Dame. So can a lot of dudes. They can do Steph-like things, but they aren't number 30. And Jordan Poole isn't that dude. And Austin Reeves, look, with the way that the economy of sports is going, that might, if you lock him into a long-term 30 mil per year deal, down the road, that might be a steal if he continues to be basically what Gordon Hayward was supposed to be or Chandler Parsons. You know, we, we don't have many of these dudes who represent us. So when I told y'all he's going to get taken, I love Dave Chappelle. I think he's arguably the best comedian, especially of my time that I've actually got, because I've actually gotten to see him live. He came to Alaska. I got to see that dude live. Easily the best comedy show I've ever seen in person. Spoiler alert, it's the only one I've seen. But his resume speaks for itself. It doesn't need me to cape up for him. 
But one of my favorite skits that he's ever done is the racial draft. And I think that we're going to lose him. And you know what? I get it. I totally get it. Now, to get back to the money issue, 30 mil, I have no idea what the contract structure is going to be for him. I will say this, though. It, it, it's kind of in a, it's a, it's a juxtaposition of what the rumors are of Austin Reeves versus what is actually being publicized about what Dylan Brooks wants with his $25 million contract. Here is why I don't think it's completely absurd. I don't think that he gets it, but hang tight with me for just a moment. When you look at that threshold of what he's looking for, for 25 mil, slightly above that, Jalen Brown's at 28. But the thing is, Jalen Brown's not going to be making 28 million next year. Regardless of where he goes, it's going to be a big payday. When you go down the list, Chris Paul making 28 million, Kyle Lowry, 28 million. I'm not going to do every single person, but you get where I'm coming from. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, 27. Al Horford, 26. Draymond Green, 25. Uh, some other, I'll get some weirdos one here. Uh, Mike Conley is making 22. Uh, uh, Terry Rozier is making 21 million. Tim Hardaway Jr. is making 20. Lonzo Ball is making 20. So, for him to be requesting $25 million a year, yes. Especially after the, the recency bias of how he acted in the playoffs and how he played like absolute doo-doo butter would lead us to believe there's no way you're making $25 million a year. But when salaries go up, because the salary caps go up, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it happens, okay? But this is... This is me putting my business hat on. The number one thing of negotiation is like, you never start where you want to be. You start higher. Now, this is what's going to happen. If it's been leaked that he actually wants $25 million a year, and those are the words that have been spoken into the universe by one Dylan Brooks. If he takes anything less than that, the media and social media is going to laugh at this dude. But he was getting paid... $10 million a year for three years beforehand. He's going to get more than 10. He just is. And the fact that there are people saying he'll never play in the NBA again, you can go back and check the receipts. I already told y'all. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't believe I am. He's going to get a contract. He's going to play again. He just might have to take a year, be on the bench, you know, go, go to go to a strong organization. Like those things happen sometimes. You can always rebuild your career. We see it in coaching all the time. How many times we see coaches absolutely up and then they have to go to smaller programs and then work their way up and they go work for Nick Saban or Bill Belichick and they're right back head coaching again. It's the same thing. It's just as an athlete as, a, as opposed to a coach. That's the only difference in this particular scenario. So do I think that Austin Reeves is going to get $30 million a year? Look, if he wants a long-term deal, that might be a steal. It's a gamble, but it might be a steal. If I'm him, I, if I can test the market and get $30 million for one year, then see where the market lands and try to get a long-term deal, especially if he can stay on the court for the, basically the entire season, that's cool. It's kind of the same thing with Dylan Brooks. I mentioned this, what, two weeks ago? If Dylan Brooks takes a one-year deal, at like 10 or 15, 
he'll get a long-term deal again. He just needs to learn to keep his mouth shut and just be the Dylan Brooks before this whole Josh started happening. Because beforehand, Dylan Brooks was kind of a, he was kind of, I don't want to say fan favorite because that's kind of going too far on the extreme of uplifting him as a positive role model. But you at least kind of respected his game. He was a poor man's younger Draymond Green. Like when Draymond was younger, good defender, willing shooter, shouldn't shoot, but was willing to shoot. Same thing with Dylan Brooks. Willing shooter, but you probably shouldn't do it. Is he going to be able to grow up a little bit in the offseason? We'll see that. We'll see if he does. But I firmly believe that Dylan Brooks is not done playing the NBA. You can put a stamp on that. He's not done. Sorry, I went on so many tangents. My ADHD is absolutely bonkers today. And I'm sorry, Jeff Dean, if I didn't talk enough Austin Reeves, but that dude can hoop. And somebody is going to pay that man. All right, we're going to get out for a word from our sponsors. We will be back in just a moment. So I shouldn't have to preface this with, um, I know this will never happen, but sports purists take things entirely too serious. So I'm going to say, I know this will never happen. Wouldn't it be such a great world if, let's just say in the NBA, a guy like Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks got a flagrant foul, and instead of using a coach's challenge, they could just challenge the referee. And it's it, now there has to be, I would say, five five year age difference. That's the only way that this could actually be applied. And the only one who gets the ball is the ref. If the ref scores on you, you're ejected. It's not a flagrant, you're ejected. And if you clamp him, it gets rescinded to like a technical instead of a flagrant. Wouldn't you want to watch? It's like watching. It's like watching playoff hockey and there being a face-off. But there's like higher stakes because somebody could li- like literally be ejected. Again, it's never going to happen. My mind just goes there sometimes. Anyway, moving on. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Whatever. I like that button. But still, we're moving on. All right. I'll go ahead and take things more serious because apparently you guys don't like. How do you guys not like Mario coins? We are leveling up in our sports hood. So, the Lakers defeat the Warriors. What's next? The Warriors are going home. And a few weeks ago, I told you what would the what would the storyline be? We're always talking about legacies, and I thought it was odd that Steph put up a, a, a fifty burger on the Kings in Game Seven of Round One. And then all of a sudden, with a 50-burger against a team who hasn't been in the playoffs in almost two decades, catapults him from out of the top 10 to essentially in the top five? How does that work? Now, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I don't do top fives. I don't do top tens because I think it's really one of the dumbest things in sports that we do. It's all about preference. It's all about who you've seen. It's all about play style. What is it to you? It's subjective. There isn't anything about what we what we watch 
and say, this is definitive. There's like maybe three things in the world of sports and I can't even think of off the top of my head, but it's such a short sample size of what we know is the best is the absolute best without there being any controversy whatsoever. And the fact that if you didn't have Steph in your top 10 before game seven against Sacramento, we dropped 50. Why the hell would it catapult him into almost top five or the best point guard ever after the fact? Subsequently, does it push him back out now that he lost to LeBron and the Lakers? What sense does it make? Make it make sense, you guys. If we're going to do this day by day, at least be consistent. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was asking sports fans to be consistent. It's not going to happen. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? This is entertainment after all. Like you guys know that, right? It's entertainment. And the fact that we can just so arbitrarily and flippantly just say, oh, well, Steph's a top eight player with a game seven performance with 50 points. Cool against the Kings. All right. Well, he got bounced by LeBron and he's old. So pfft, he's not even my top 20 anymore. Really? So five, five games, six games is going to, it's going to sway your perspective of who's a top five player or a top 20 player of all time. It's just the dumbest that we do, man. It just, you guys make me so angry. I told you before, and I found spiritual guidance, and I'm starting to lose it. It's not that I love, it's not that I don't love sports anymore. I just don't love sports fans. Y'all create so much anger in your boy. Woo, all right. Chill out. You know what? Somebody has to level up. All right, we're good. We took our little break. Three seconds is enough. So anyway, what to do with the Warriors now? Steph is basically running around with a bunch of dots. It's just dudes running motion. And I think for me, what I kind of taking a step back, I don't think I actually really appreciated Steph's game enough. And in part, that might be because I kind of played like him when I was in high school. I'm not telling you I'm Steph Curry. Don't, don't do that. I'm just saying I was a dude who would like pull up from the parking lot. I practiced those shots. You know, I had the crazy handle. I couldn't get by. That's the whole thing though. I couldn't get by anybody. I had crazy handles because I love watching the professor, the Anwa mixtape tour. Ooh, you better shut it down. That was my, that was absolutely my, but I couldn't get by anybody. I had great handles. But I think what Steph is doing is he has literally been carrying this squad. And I don't think I actually fully appreciated it until now. But again, it doesn't change who I have him as, as, as the, the hierarchy of players. His game seven performance didn't launch him any higher. And his, like the loss against the Lakers doesn't push him any further back. I know he's great. He's the great. I can say this definitively that he is the greatest shooter ever especially off the dribble but i didn't think i i kind of gave the role players i think too much credit you know guys clay initially was not observed as the three and d guy he kind of developed into that as far as the nba level you know we 
we knew he could shoot, but we actually got to see him clamp down. But having the injuries for so long, that catches up to you. And that's the other thing, too, as I tell you all, these guys are, Steph's like, what, 35? His game will age better than most because he can just absolutely shoot the lights out. He can shoot until he's 60, but there does become an age of how much longer can you chase Steph? How much longer does, does Steph even want to be chased? Because that is a big part of his game. It's running off of screens and just he the, the constant motion. But we use the outliers like LeBron or in football, Tom Brady. Well, well they can easily play until they're 40. Not everybody can do that. We're doing the same thing with Kevin Durant. And I told Joel that window for the Phoenix Suns was basically a two-year window. If they don't win it this year and they don't win it next year, that squad is completely it wasn't necessarily, I applauded their effort, especially because Matt Ishbia is going, it's his first year as owner, he wants to make a big splash. Now you you cut yourself short on the bench, it happens sometimes, but when you can get KD, you really try to not turn that down. But to get back on track as far as like Steph and the Warriors themselves are concerned, Steph's legacy to me doesn't change whatsoever. To me, I will consider him one of the best players that I've ever seen and the game has ever seen as well. And what he's meant to the game and how it kind of changed. For the good, the worse, whatever, how, however you want to view basketball. But the thing about history is things are going to get forgotten. There are people now who are some of the top 75 players in the NBA. If you were to poll people that are essentially my age or you know 10, 10 years up or down, mostly down, don't even know who some of these guys are. Some dudes are transcendent, and I believe that Steph will be remembered as one of the guys who helped change the game of basketball and how it's played. Now, the other person who deserves a lot of credit as well is Mike D'Antoni, because Mike D'Antoni was doing this like 10 years before Steph even hopped onto the scene and was looked at as a kook. Just saying. But Steph, to me, is like his legacy is already entrenched. He'll be arguably one of those, one of the best players I've ever seen. Again, I'm not going to put. I almost. Ooh, you guys almost got me. You almost got me. You almost got me to put a number on a top ten, and I wasn't. Ooh, I wasn't going to take the bait. You, you slick. Like, but Steph, Steph's still going to be good for a couple more years, and whether he wants to play in Golden State or not is going to be up to him. It's he did carry this squad, Draymond got to be Draymond because he played with Steph Clay. Clay is not a great shot creator. Draymond isn't either. It's it's everything revolved around Steph. And again, I never fully appreciate how good he was until recently. I think I just kind of put this all together of it's just such a great collective team and Steph is just, he's better than everybody else, but he's not exponentially better. And over this year, I kind of saw, yeah, I kind of missed that one. He's essentially carrying these, like, it's just him and four other motherfuckers is what he's doing. Because small ball, small ball for the Warriors back, that's, that's the whole thing. What, seven years ago? Seven, eight years ago when they were changing the game as a collective unit. 
that was something different. Everybody was younger and faster and had more stamina, had more juice in them. The small ball now, you're getting pushed around, and it's largely the same group. Golden State, to me, is going to be in a world of hurt mostly because of this. Ownership. They were willing to dip into that tax every single year because they knew they were hosting playoff games. They knew they were on championship runs. Well, that's going to run out. And on top of that, and like you, you paid, you paid Jordan Poole to basically be diet Steph Curry, but you still have Clay and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins. And like, it's not that they're not, they're not bad players, but let's be serious, man. I, I saw, I saw Clay Thompson taken when I, when I was watching God, I am, I don't know what's come over me. Y'all don't got me so worked up over playoff basketball. This is not who I am. But when I was watching that closeout game and I saw them put Schroeder on Steph initially, I was like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what you should do. Shadow Steph. Steph is the guy. If Steph can't get open to create things for other people, like Clay can't create his own shot. Draymond can't create his own shot. Looney can't. Wiggins barely. Just shadow Steph. Make sure that dude doesn't get the ball. And when I saw that early on from Ham's, uh, from Darvin Ham's playbook, if you will, I thought, okay, this this thing might get ugly real quick. And it got ugly. It got competitive, but then it got ugly. But I'll wrap this up real quick because I got to move on to one more topic before I hang it up for the day. Yo, the Warriors are in trouble. It's just that simple. And I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but that new arena within three years, it's going to be this. So Bob Huggins on Monday said some of the wildest things I've ever seen. Heard like on radio, dog. On radio. This dude used two homophobic slurs. Uh, I think you guys know what it probably is. It starts an F ends with a T back to back within six seconds. And, uh, West Virginia is apparently backing this man, which to me is just wild beyond disbelief from what I understand. Cause I haven't heard the interview in its entirety. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that up front. It seemed like it was something between Xavier in Cincinnati, but Bob Huggins hasn't coached at Cincinnati in almost 20 years, and he's throwing shade at Xavier fans. Uh, talk about some baby energy. But every week, I come up here and tell you, don't listen to the coaches, don't listen to GMs, don't listen to owners, the players, everything between. They're only feeding you the that you want to hear. And if you're going to absorb it, that means you can't think for yourself. There is quite literally an apology written by quote unquote, Bob Huggins. It has his signature on it, but I can guarantee you it's not his because there's one word in here that is used that I can point out and say, that man has never said this word in his entire life. And it's really not that hard to figure out. 
I'll read it to you. Earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the abhorrent phrase, could you tell my inflection? That's the word abhorrent. Phrase that there is simply no excuse for, and I will try not to make one here. He's going to. I deeply apologize to the individuals and have offended as as well as the uh, I'm sorry, as well as the Xavier University community, the University of Cincinnati in West Virginia, as I have shared with my players over the, my 40 years of coaching, there are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept my coming. Any, I will, <laughs> I will fully accept any coming my way. I am ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt and must do better, and I will. Yeah, there's not one thing that I believe about that. But do you know what the word abhorrent means? It means disgraceful. Have you seen Bob Huggins? Does he look like the person that would use the word abhorrent ever? Nah. This is why I told you guys when Dylan Brooks got fined, when Dylan Brooks got in trouble, was the Grizzlies failed him. You can say whatever you want to. Like when, when athletes do these types of things, we ridicule the absolute out of them. But when white male coaches do this, guess who they have right in their script? White male, basically coaches. Bob Huggins for now has his job. But I would say in the next two months or so, you might see the uprising. And that dude might just be losing his job. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hang it up for the day. Thank you for chopping up with Peace Scott. I am Prescott Kelly. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Make sure to tell your friends, hide your kids, hide your wives, smash those five-star reviews wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out Dolo J with the Kicking the Dolo podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And my dude, Matt Zabrowski of the Clearly Unclear Spotify as well. You guys in the drill. Stay up. Stay blessed. Tell your friends for real. Smash those five-star reviews for real. Catch you guys on the next one.